0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC.
1: What's up, everybody? How are you? Hopefully, you're doing well. A little bit different here as we're just doing a one hour let's get together and chit chat, uh, answer some questions, and have some fun on a Thursday but not quite a proper full radio program, if you will. So definitely wanted to uh, to say hello and Merry Christmas to everybody and do that stuff. You know, right out the gates here, Tom, let's do this. Let's, because uh, I had somebody email and I know you've had a couple of questions about it as well. If you want to post the link to the Guardian ad litem right out here at the top of the show, we should do it. Um, because some people have asked who couldn't make it to the bowling tournament <clears throat> or maybe came to town from out of town. Uh, how could they help out? still for the kids of the guardian ad this christmas and they can uh, it's gal2.org slash donate you see it there on your screen that is gal2.org slash donate and they 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 get it directly so you'll be able to help them out if you want to go do that go find their page and and get after it um i know we you guys did a really good job of uh raising funds for them and uh we had a really good turnout and I, th- I think more than anything else uh Tom and I were so swamped this year without the services of Alicia to help us. And with the early signing period being what it is now and the transfer portal being what it is now, we were worried that maybe our lack of due diligence for the bowling tournament was going to cost us, but it didn't because of your kindness. And I'm talking to all of you who donated it, came out and supported it. So that was uh, a really good thing, a really, really good thing. So there we are. Uh, Where do you want to start? You want to start with recruiting? We can, or uh, a basketball victory last night. We're two and one in the ACC, buddy. We are, two and one in the ACC, despite that awful uh, out of conference run. And um, you know, it's funny they they do have a semblance of uh, knowing what to do now. They, they they're not a great team, but they do have an identity and they do play hard. I thought they tried to give away the game last night. Both teams tried to give away the game. I don't know what Notre Dame's doing. Why why did they come out of their zone? We couldn't do anything against the zone. And then they went back to man to man and we torched him. I'm like, all right, that's yeah. just bad coaching.
2: I think also down the stretch, the, the announcer was right that, you know, this is two thin groups. They don't rotate double digits. Like especially Florida state is used to, and you could see that, uh, they were running out of gas, but it was great to see Corin look as good as he did. He's a uh, good player, man. He is Cleveland continues to play well and is productive. And, uh, you know, you could see that there is a, a bright future, uh, ahead for a couple of these guys, and if you can beat the middling teams in the ACC along the way, I mean, shoot, you get Boba Miller back. Maybe you have a 500 or slightly over 500
1: record in the conference in the Tom. Tom, we are skirting the issue here. We, the thing to get most excited about is now that they're figuring out who they are. You will have Boba Miller back, I think, for a full four or five games before you take on Miami yep, yep. for the Platinum Bohica. So oh. that's all this is. That's I don't care about anything else. It's the platinum Bohica, and you got a shot now that you're starting to get it together a little bit. So the dream is alive. Do you have it constructed? Well, no, because I wanted you and I to kind of figure out exactly how far we were willing to go. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's <laughs> Leonard is not an edgy man,
2: so I don't know how how far he'd let us go.
1: Leonard is full of class, and part of the problem (laughs) in a situation like this is not only is Leonard a dignified, classy, respectful man, he also coached at Miami and does not share the same sort of vitriol and hate downright. Hate that we do for Miami, and I think he might be aghast at if we went all in on the Platinum Bohica and truly presented the trophy you and I have described in our dreams. Uh, that that would be now. I could get arrested if I were to walk that over to the Miami bench upon the Platinum Bohica being achieved. Well, but the interesting thing is, you could pull some strings, and
2: tickets are available this year more than they have been in years past. Uh, perhaps you could get courtside for this game. Mm.
1: I so might have then, to do it.
2: Then you're pretty much
1: allowed on the court at that point, at least
2: uh, along the sidelines. And so yeah, you can talk
1: more to- about it. We've got plenty of time to get there. Uh, good for the Knowles. Glad to see uh, them get the win. And it's an ACC win, like you said. You know, we we could beat Notre Dame. They It's always in heartbreaking fashion for those guys. I think deep down, Notre Dame has a hatred for Florida State basketball, the likes of which we can't fathom, uh, because they come here and lose every time by like two or one.
2: I'm not a uh, football mentality for other sports guy. However, it's hard not to look at that final play, that final inbound, and not see a quarterback overthrowing a wide-open receiver on the final play of a football game And because it's there. It's there. The pressure forces the miss and forces the errant angle on the pass. But my man's open and going into the paint, and we've got a choice to make, which is either foul or he's going to have a point-blank look. But, hey, man, it's all good. It's all good. And it was good to see Darren Green make a couple of buckets down the stretch last night, too.
1: Yeah, struggled after coming off that 30-point game. Matthew Cleveland's put together three straight great games. I'm really proud of him. He's turned it around this year. He was awful, brutal at the start of the season. He's playing so much better now. And, uh, you know, by the way, uh, that we weren't really well coached last night. I love Leonard, but they didn't do a good job last night. I mean, you have fouls to give. What the hell are we doing? There's just so many things that they do that I was like, okay. Uh, it's a little frustrating. And one, two and one, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, two and one is right. They get the win. All right. So let's circle back to recruiting because it's a mixed bag and it's an interesting conversation. I mean, if you're going to argue passionately both ways, then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be fired up. If you're going to, if you're going to look at it and say, all right, this staff does something really well and they do something that they got to get a lot better at. And Let's start with the fact that it's the 20th class, which is not good enough at Florida State, yep. just not, It's ever. It's never going to be good enough at Florida State to be the 20th ranked recruiting class. But if you remove the ranking and talk about filling needs and getting really I mean, a superstar in Hakeem Williams, which they did, and they were able to fend off all of the money that Miami was throwing at him late, that Colorado and Deion Sanders threw at him and that Auburn even threw at him late, Um, you know, they were able to fend off Georgia and Alabama with his recruitment. So that's a, that, that shows you that, you know, if Mike can get that done with some of these kids, he's connecting. They're not connecting with enough in-state kids though. I think that's the biggest problem you have because when we talk about losing Falk, Tom, that that was the bitterness yesterday that people felt. And we kind of hinted even two days before that, that it, It may not be uh, in the cards to get him. Well, one of the reasons is that, yes, Auburn is trying to grease the tracks there, as they should, because they have a new head coach, Hugh Freeze, and we know what he's about. But we also know what the Auburn faithful is about in terms of wanting to win football games. So they're willing to go all in, but especially on an in-state kid. And when that happens, when you're going to war with an in-state kid there at Alabama, it is rare as the day that you bring home a Jameis Winston out of Alabama, and we know why that happened. So... You've got to get better at recruiting your state, so that when it comes down to it, if everybody goes all in on a guy, if he's in your backyard, and you've done a good job of building those relationships, you're more apt to get him. If you're trying to take him out of Alabama, or you're trying to take him out of another state, say Louisiana, if he's a defensive tackle or something like that, you're going to lose that battle when it when, when it hits the critical hour. Uh, too many pressures, just too many pressures from people in the city, in the state, that are gonna they're gonna put on not just the kid, but but his parents.
2: Yeah, okay. number one, if, if uh, Director Matthew, who's behind the scenes, could pull up that uh, ranking again. It's got Hakeem Williams there. Uh, On3 just says the quiet part out loud, which I really appreciate about our network now. Mm-hmm. And if you see that NIL value uh, column there, it has them at 231K. And they there's a proprietary way On3 is going to explain all this stuff as, as the new year comes along. Uh, but they're putting a lot of resources, we are, Putting a lot of resources into NIL stuff, I just wanted to know in in your mind when you see a figure on a third party website like on three, they're not representing Battles End or Rising Spear or anything like that. Does that strike you as an accurate figure, you know, of of market value, or do you think that Hakeem Williams NIL value might have been more from a Colorado or an Alabama or somebody else, and and you know that final figure that we're staring at is is off base.
1: Significantly more okay okay, significantly more, uh, so yeah, uh, that that he's a difference maker for anybody, and there's a reason that you had to beat out uh you know Georgia and Alabama and, and Florida and Miami and Auburn and every team that has money and is willing to spend it. I mean that that kid is the kind of guy that I mean, I'm not saying as a freshman receiver he's going to walk out there and start, right, but it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a difference maker and you know, they knew that they built that relationship really well battles in did a good job from what I understand. I just think you got to have more of those. And, and I'm not saying five stars, you got to sign 10, five stars. Nobody does that. I mean, I, I, I understand that, but, but if you get an in-state kid, that's a difference maker, Florida state's coaching staff in particular, the defensive staff has got to get better at forging these relationships so you don't get got. Um, and, I think, and I think they will. See, that's why I don't freak out about it. Is it good enough right now in the high school ranks are recruiting? No, it's not. It's, it's not close to good enough. In fact, it's disappointing. Is it going to get better? I think so. You have to constantly remember a couple of things. They stunk at football for a real long time. And the relationships part of this, Tom, is over years. So when you're talking about a guy that you're trying to forge a bond with, if you are persona non grata in football for several years yeah. to the point where what's being used against you in the recruiting world is that, hey, I know you like Florida State. I know you like their head coach, but he's going to get fired and you're going to be part of a regime change. Yeah, Okay, that's what's used against Florida State all year. This is the first time next year when you recruit next year, I guess starting today, as you recruit for the next class, you know, and you can say, and it will be announced, that your head coach is not going anywhere. He's not going to be fired, that they are stable, that you would be entering into a stable relationship. They're not going to be fired. They're not leaving. You know what I mean? This is the first time that they'll be able to say that. Mike has never really been able to say that. Yeah. Uh, And in year one, he couldn't do it because of the COVID situation. So we knew he couldn't build relationships. So I really think that what you're going to see is a a very good uptick in the way that they build relationships in the state with the high school kids now that you are a stabilized program. I also think Mike has to seriously consider firing a couple members of this staff. There are There's one in particular I'd fire today, and that would be Woodson. I'd fire him. He's not done a good job here at all. And so let's see if that happens. I don't know if it will or not, but I would.
2: Well, uh, that's a tough place to leave me to take the discussion from (laughs) but i'll do it because i'm fearless uh i I would say if uh if you're going to be making changes on the staff anywhere uh the number one thing that i will be looking at if there is a new entry to the coaching staff is what is that person's ties to the state of florida in high school recruiting that's that's the number one thing that i'm going to look at because if you replace any coach anyone i'm not talking about the specific guy you mentioned anybody and they come from Arizona like puke man no I don't care about high school ties in Arizona it was nice to get us from A to B but it did it really do much more than that I, I don't know we've landed a couple of kids a few kids actually from the west coast in both the high school ranks and then also the collegiate transfer portal ranks when you're talking about Johnny Wilson and Micah Pittman and then Blake Nicholson's a west coast guy as well but Derek Ray also from the west coast had connections there that helped Make it happen. Uh, that's what Michael Langston described. Anyway, that Derek Ray was instrumental in the Blake Nicholson recruit. Yes, he did a great job with him. But you, and credit is due for that. But you want more southeastern connections. Like you yeah, need. Y- y- y-
1: yes, you you need one or two significant upgrades when it comes to those connections and the people that are capable of building those relationships in the state and securing yeses through signing day. Um, you're going to, you're going to need to do that. Cause I think that it's always going to be an uphill battle when you're trying to go into other States and fight for a four and five star kid, because when, when the push comes to shove, if Auburn or Alabama decides they want that kid, you're not getting him. Yeah. And, and so you, you, that's what you got to get the kids here. And, and, you know, again, I, I think they're going to be fine. Florida state's going to be a good football team next year. That's also going to go a long way in opening doors. You have a you have a stability in the coaching staff now, at least from your head coach and certainly your top recruiter and Alex Atkins. They're not going anywhere right now. You know, I I think when you see the extension, the likely extension for Mike Norvell that'll get announced soon, um, you know that will put the in that that'll put to rest any discussion other coaching staffs have or recruiting recruiters have about whether or not Florida State is stabilized. The answer will be a resounding yes. And you can cite it. You'll be able to say it. They won't be able to tell kids that. Uh, But I think they were able to create fear. I think they were able to create doubt over the course of the long haul. And Florida State's only been good at football uh, most recently, certainly in the Mike Norvell era, uh, this year. This is the first year. So it's hard. That's a quick turnaround, you know, Tom? That's a quick turnaround.
2: It is. And we'll get to Stephen FG's question in just a moment because uh, he donated what was uh, an annual subscription to Warchant.com for so long as we moved from network to network. Uh, It's a buck. Thank you, Stephen FG. But I've got a pop culture reference for you Mm. uh, that relates to what Mike Norvell had to go through as the head coach of Florida State University for the first couple few years. Some of that is Jimbo and Willie's fault, and some of that's Mike's own fault himself. But you remember when Ashley Schaefer had to move from BMW to Kia. and Fine automobile. That's right. Well, Kia is a fine <laughs> automobile. <laughs> and that's a great line from the third season of Eastbound Down. Yes, it is. It's one of the uh, greatest lines, yes. Mike was the head of the Kia dealership for a long time. And he's having to go into high schools when he's allowed to, not All by right. pandemic, post-pandemic, and say, Kia and Florida State are a finer <laughs> automobile <laughs> you need to trust me on that instead of running ashley Shea for bmw which is what florida state should be and i don't know that we're back to bmw status but we're certainly no longer a kia right we're we're, we're moving up in the world
1: yeah and i think they're going to be able because of that to build better relationships in the state they're going to be able to to you know I, I i like that they are able to recruit in other areas and and that's fine like you said but and you don't just not recruit outside the state but you just have to get really i'm you know my goal tom you know how i talk about these things i talk about these things to the standard that i think florida state aspires to not generalities based on averages around the country i'm talking about we want to win a national championship we're not here to make the playoffs or to be a top 20 team or we're here to win the national championship. Like that should always be your goal. Now, you know, it's unreasonable to expect to win the national championship every year. And some years you have better outlooks than others, but that's the goal always. That's the standard you're shooting to. So when you start evaluating recruiting classes, in particular, when you're evaluating the elite recruits in the state that we are getting and not getting, right? It's very easy to just say plainly, They've got to do better at getting more of those kids in the state of Florida. They now have a chance to, because they're on stable ground. And I suspect if you string together back-to-back seasons, much like this last one, and they have a chance to be even better than they were this year, certainly we think. Yes. Um, then, you know, when, if you win 10 games this year, you finish out the bowl with a win against Oklahoma, and then you go out next year and you win 10 more games They play an exciting brand of football. Mike Norvell's passion is infectious. You have an elite staff member and Alex Adkins that kids are drawn to. In particular, in the trenches, you can dominate when you get those kinds of players like they got yesterday. That that was an in-state get, the Clearwater kid, the, the offensive line. That's a big deal to get him, right? And we know Florida really wanted him. We know that a lot of people came at him hard, and we were able to get him. So, I just, you got to get more of those guys, and then we'll all be celebrating early signing day in a way that's befitting of Florida State. My guess is next year, Tom, Florida State does have a top 10 class. And my guess is that uh, Mike Norvell is a little on edge about what happened this year on the heels of last year, a little frustrated. I'm sure there are uncomfortable conversations that have to be had with certain staff members uh, if they are retained or if they're let go. Either way, it's going to be an uncomfortable situation because I think we all know there's some guys not pulling their weight. Yeah, I, I was in the room last night uh, for the press conference at four
2: o'clock, and then immediately when Mike wraps, you get every one of the assistants. And they all rush in at the same time, so you kind of have to go to your corners. But I was taking the temperature of the room last night as well, just to see, you know, how does it feel? Is there a vacuum effect in the room like last year, mm-hmm. uh, or yeah. or does it feel unabashedly positive? It wasn't unabashedly positive last night. There were some checks and balances, and what I saw around there, and. People can imagine which coaches felt that way, but it really doesn't matter. You know, you could just tell that they felt like this was a good class, especially with the transfer portal kids, serves a lot of needs, but certainly is not finished either. You know, there's more additions to come for the 2023 class through the portal or high school or whatever it's going to be. There are more additions coming, and we all know that. But there are some kids that have gone from would be a nice add to you better get that kid. Like, that's, that's what's going on now, I think, at certain position groups. And you could feel that in the room last night. So that's where they're going. Uh, but, you know, obviously the next two to three weeks will tell a lot. And I don't know that any decisions would be made this moment. You might get a little bit more time uh, to prove yourself if you're an assistant because at this point, signing day is over, and then you have another wave of visitors coming in to start January. So I would wonder if a change would be announced if anything is coming even. This month or if it would be uh, not until, you know, January and that that dead period gets lifted for another wave of, of official visitors.
1: Yeah, I would think it would happen more in, in January towards the end, certainly by February, if you were going to make a move. And and I. Uh, I, <laughs> I think he needs to. Um, I would. I don't know if he will. You know, you never know what a head coach views his staff as. I mean, you know, I have an opinion, you have an opinion, but they work together every day. And I don't know what their relationship is like. I'm talking about he and every member of the staff, um, you know, I, they place different values, you know, for a long time, people said, how does Jimbo Fisher not realize that certain assistants are killing him? You know, Rick Trickett being the most obvious candidate, you know, that that guy is killing you in your chances of sustaining elite level play. Well, I mean, he and Rick go back like 40 years. They go back like, I mean, they were, you know, not 40 years, you know what I mean, but they go back the entirety of their coaching career. They go back a long ways. I don't know, you know, it's just, uh, you, you never really know, but you hope that a coach that aspires to win national championships, and I think Mike certainly does, is strong enough to be honest with himself about his own shortcomings and everybody else's. You know, you got to identify in self scouting your roster and your coaching staff, and the areas in which you need to improve. And you start with yourself, and then you go from there. And there's just no way, based on in-state recruiting, that you could say everybody is doing a great job in recruiting. You can't. The, 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 the evidence is overwhelming. Now, the question is, you may not, if you're him, think that that requires you to fire anybody. Um, I do. I, don't, I think there's a couple of people that aren't going to get any better at their job. Um, but but that's just you know, who knows if Mike thinks that?
2: Well, the question is, and I see a lot of people in the chat were defending Kia. Remember, season three of Eastbound and Down was long, long time ago. That's, yeah,
1: this was before Kia became a respectable right. automobile dealership, before the climb. Now, they were a punchline. Yes,
2: Ashley was always saying that it was a superior motor uh, automobile. <laughs> <laughs> which, that's a tough sell, even now, that's that's a tough sell, but you know. Part of the problem is what you were saying on the way in, which is we were a tough sell until very, very recently. And so you could see an argument to be made for, all right, let's so let's get our 10th win in the bowl next week. The bottom barrel number for next year is 10 again in the regular season. That's the bottom barrel number. You got four tough games and four of the, and it might not even be all four that are tough because one of them is Miami. So maybe you got three tough games with Florida. Clemson and LSU. Should you go two and one in those games? Maybe, maybe not. You could argue that because if you argue we should go two and one in those three critical games, then you're setting your over under a ten and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
2: these are massive expectations that have just gone crazy in the last two months based upon the blowouts that we saw this past season. What happens when you get to recruit with that?
0: And well, maybe he's uh, waiting I-
2: some of these guys to get a chance to recruit with that, even though you or I, or anybody else might say, I've seen enough. He might say, well, let's, let's see what can happen now that people are going to return our phone calls, text messages, and personal visits in a way that they haven't before.
1: Yeah. I think some things have trended in the wrong direction for some coaches on the staff, on the defensive side of the ball, but I do agree with the sentiment that they've been hamstrung. So it's finding whatever balance you're trying to find there. Uh, Again, i I'm not going to waver from the fact that I think they have to make some changes. We'll see if he does. It will be important one way or the other that we see a major uptick in high school recruiting in the state of Florida, Uh, whoever stays, whoever goes, I don't really care. I care about the bottom line. Now I'm just being big picture fanatical fan guy. But that's what Florida State's expectations are, to compete for national championships. So when you say, when people say to me, well, you know, only a handful of schools are able to recruit like Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. Yeah, we were one of them. (laughs) We were one of them. Uh, For a very long time, we were one of them. It's why Jimbo Fisher won the national championship. It's because he got great players, in particular, great players in the state to stay here. And, you know, we, we always go back and talk about LaMarcus Joyner. Where did we get him? That's right. South Florida. Yes. Went down there and got him. I mean, elite players, you know, Kelvin Benjamin and guys like, you know, we go on down the list. Oh,
2: well, and coach Norvell will tell you this uh, both on and off the record. He'll say something akin to, I choose my words carefully. He knows what he's saying when he's messaging to the media. We brought this up yesterday in, in a brief discussion about Ron Dugans and how, Mike Norvell went out of his way in a team part of the year press conference to say that Ron Dugans has had a hell of a year. Well, he chose to do that. He's not doing that because oh, I need filler co- content here. And so what's interesting to me is in the last month, Coach Norvell has uttered the word championship or championships, some form of the word. Yeah, he's
1: trying or- to speak it into being. He wants the standard to be understood by all. Correct.
2: He said before the season in Charlotte, success is coming. I know it is. Yesterday, he said something akin to championships are coming. You know, greater success is coming. And he said the word championship itself, the week coming out of Florida. I think it might have been the week leading up to Florida, too. One of those two. So now he understands that the fan base understood itself, what we were going through, what we were trying to come out of. But now it's time to be judged on hardware and banners. That's what we're going to judge this program on moving forward. The head coach himself chose to say those words, and so therefore that's how they should be judged moving forward. So it's your point. We do this with the NFL a lot easier. We're more cutthroat when it comes to assessment of NFL players, front office, coaching staff, you name it. It's that time now in 2023 to be doing that for Florida State.
1: Yeah, I think think, uh, for the most part, Everybody's on the same page and understanding that. But in order for that to happen, it can't just be about doing a great job in the portal or roster retention. It has to be about getting great players that are coming in here, part of that culture for the future that are of the four and five star caliber from your own state. Uh, You got to funnel those kids into your program because if they're not coming here, they're going to Miami or they're going to Florida. When the state is operating at peak efficiency, when the big three are kicking ass, these kids aren't poached by Clemson. They're not co- poached by Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State the way they have been for a long time uh, while we were down and and so if if Miami's on their way back in recruiting at an elite level, if Florida recruits at an elite level, and if Florida State recruits at an elite level, these kids stay in state and they go to one of the big three, well, you can't be third fiddle, mm-hmm. Let alone you don't want to be second fiddle, but you can't be third fiddle. you got I mean you got it. you're gonna have to win your fair share of these battles in state. So it's something that we brought up yesterday,
2: and perhaps, if you'll allow, it might be worth uh, solving for the future, because that's all we're talking about, it feels like right now, is is solving for the future. But you discussed how, year by year, this is going to be a dynamic process in terms of how you either value monetarily what you do in the portal versus the high school ranks, or how you value Either group of players, like, are there good? Is this a good year for the portal? Is this a really good year to go get seventeen and eighteen year olds? Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned that you know you're not going to judge it and say that statically, year by year, you should spend seventy percent of your resources on high school and thirty. Yeah, I think it of changes. Yeah, or vice versa. Out of curiosity, what do you think next year should look like? Should it be a greater emphasis just with what we know now and what we have on the roster? Should it be a bigger? High school year, or should it be a, a portal year that's commensurate to what we just watched?
1: You know, I got to see who's available, and, and, and you know, that's the hardest thing. You don't know. Like, if all of a sudden you, the top receiver in the country who's, let's say, a junior at Ohio State or something decides he wants out and he wants to come to Florida State, and you've got to prioritize monies to that end to get him to come here and it costs you dearly with a receiver that's 18 years old in your own state. I I mean, I, that can happen. That's why I do say it's fluid and dynamic, right? I mean, you don't always know. I just think Florida state should be recruiting top 10 classes and they can do that if they do well in the state. And, and so I, I still think they're going to be aggressive in the portal. I think they're going to do a good job. Uh, But I, my guess is that they're ready to now start getting down and dirty with kids in the state and getting their fair share of players uh, because Mike knows that it's going to be hard. You can certainly have the kind of success we're having in the portal and sustain some level of that moving forward, because I think Mike has done a good job in evaluating those players, finding players that come in and fit the culture as well as immediate playing time on the field. I don't think that's going to stop just because there's an emphasis on high school players in the state. I just think he's, now that he's got a product now that he's got something that is going to attract attention he's got to see a natural progression up the board. He really does, because now he has something to offer beyond a pitch. Mm-hmm. He's got the fact that they're winning games and developing players, and that's very important. Um, and, I, and I think, I, I, you know, listen, it's going to change all the time. I don't really – it's probably not a great answer, but you do have to get more of the in-state talent to come here, but now you're armed to do so. And also you've been made aware these last two recruiting classes that some guys have some deficiencies on your staff. Yeah, you know, I,
2: you know, I think Hawaii knows, uh you know, point here is is an interesting one. I didn't really even think about the math there. I, I've always been thinking about NIL and rules about compensation to be more coming from and stemming from you know, the high school ranks and what what you can offer a kid in that regard. But Hawaii Noel is saying if you can use the portal, do it now. I don't think the rules are sustainable in the form we see them at present. I,
1: I would agree with that. I don't think so either.
2: So, yeah, if if you can't get a multi-year player out of the portal, let's say that they they uh, walk back the ruling that everybody gets a freebie one time and one time only, you know, um, or you could just play immediately the next season. That would change the math again about what, what value there is in the portal because then you'd return to JUCOs and graduate transfers and hardships as portal guys that are plug and play and you'd have to go dip back into the high school market I think that's fair. I hope it goes that way. Uh, Or I hope that on signing day, you declare as a player whether or not you are committed to a university for a one-year renewable scholarship, a three-year or a four-year or even five. I would like that to be more out in the open on signing day that the commitment is longer term. And then if you leave and you do so without a coaching change or a hardship, you have to sit out of here. Mm -hmm. You're like, how how does a university – like, for example, I, I'm hearing this notion out there in social media, and, and we were talking about it in the media room yesterday. At present, isn't it more worth it to just go get a portal guy because you know they can't transfer again?
1: Like, you, you, like, you're more secure in doing that. It's,
2: more now, stable. it's a more stable setting. If they've already burned their one, the next time that they could transfer is after they graduate. So you've got them on campus for a few years. You don't have to worry about constantly – checking in with them and taking their temperature that's got to be exhausting and it takes away from productivity and doing your real job which is coaching up and trying to win games
1: yeah and i think changes to the rules are coming and i agree with that i think that you can make hay right now in the portal and it is the wild west and it is fun to watch and it's certainly benefited forest because they're good at it i also would note that there are not a ton of five-star kids in the portal uh you're you're not finding your your elite of the elite in the portal. There are occasions like you get a kid who like Verse. Jared Verse is a kid that had to go to Albany because his growth spurt happened late. He didn't really dominate in high school the way that a kid that is as talented as he is now would seem to, you know, like the way you would think he would have. So those kinds of kids fall through the cracks sometimes and they end up at small schools or JUCOs or wherever, and you can find them in the portal now, but for the most part, you're not seeing that now there's a difference. I mean, there are kids that, uh, you know, decide that their time is exhausted at a particular institution. They got one more year to play football, you know, because of this crazy era that we've gone through with super seniors and all that. And they decide, well, screw it. I'm going to go join the team out at USC and see if I can't win a national championship. Like you just watched the reigning Bolitnikoff award winner go from Pitt, where he knows they're not going to compete for a national championship. He's played there for several years and he decides, okay, I'm out. I'm going to go to USC and see if I can join forces with um, a collection of uh, mercenaries that they're paying for and see if we can make a run at it. Had a good season, uh, but, you know, they didn't win the pac 12 (laughs) <laughs> so, so I mean, there are no guarantees. I'm just noting that there is a dearth of those caliber of players um, in the portal. You can find guys to fill needs. You can find guys that can become starters. And on this roster, the way the last few years have gone, forest State had a lot of holes where just starters at other Power 5 teams, programs, were better than your guys. You just didn't have good players here. You just right. didn't. So it was well- easy to replace them.
2: And, and we're talking about plug and play transfers. You know, there's been this isn't new when you look at quarterback transfers and guys that sit out a year like that happened for a long swath of time prior to this free for all season. So mm-hmm. it's possible to still go get transfers, have them sit a year and then become impact players for you. But as it stands now, where you could go get guys from multiple seasons and they don't have to sit any time at all, that that does feel like it's a little bit more temporary And the thing is, if you look at Florida State's roster as it's presently constructed and you launch it forward a year and say, what decisions do we need to make? Like, for example, offensive line, you could probably go dip into the high school ranks heavily this next year. Yeah, you've done enough. You've got a few multi-year guys in the portal that are just arriving. You've got that class from 22 that you really like that will be in their third year on campus. Those two elements combined should take you to a place where you don't need to prioritize the portal on the offensive line. I think receiver will be in a pretty healthy position next year where you could probably dip into the high school ranks and develop there as well. The secondary is going to continue to be a concern in the portal. Uh, defensive end may very well be a problem again next year, and I think linebacker will be. So the uh, that's changed. The portal this year and the previous year, you had to go get offensive linemen. So I, I think that's fixed for this upcoming year, and that math is going to change every year until the portal rules themselves are are altered in some way.
1: Yeah, I, ultimately, I still believe you've got to do better and consistently better in the world of high school recruiting. I think there are changes that are going to be made. I also think the dynamic in your locker room changes if it's based on portal players as opposed to organically built through the high school ranks and kids working hard together coming up through a class. I do think it, it all of this plays into culture. Uh, that's why I wonder, it'll be very interesting to watch a couple of programs in, in particular, but, uh, I wanted to clarify something for Marcus. Yeah. Coaches have the right to come and go and they don't have to stick to contracts and you're asking why. So why not players? We're saying that in moments like that, players can absolutely leave, uh, that Tom would describe that as a hardship. Like, I think that that caveat has to be in the rule book for all players. If you commit to a coach and he leaves the next year to take a different job, you're free to leave. You're, you're free to go. Uh, but uh, if he doesn't, we would like to see some form of uh, <laughs> stability return right. to the game. And and if you're talking about the
2: double standard, I, I would agree. There still is one, but in most cases, unless you're Texas A&M signing Jimbo Fisher, there are monetary damages that you have to pay back to the university that you're leaving if you're a mm-hmm. coach. I'm not saying that solves all, of, and that's the smoking gun here about the difference between the two. I think it's scuzzy that a coach would leave something they're building go across the street, and then open up shop over there the next season. That's not cool either, but there has to be some sort of cap or at least a commitment to where there is a damage. So if a player commits on a three-year signing day NLI and they sign that and send it in, their three-year deal, four-year deal, if they leave before that time is up, the damage is they've got to sit for a year. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, this is just going to be a perpetual cycle of paranoia for coaches and then also the boosters hate it too it's better business for the boosters if they if they put the clamps down on this because they won't have to pay three different pools of players every year high school graduate transfers and then underclassmen portal guys that's it never ends it would never end that cycle of having to pay money out
1: Keith Wright wants to know what's the latest on Conrad Hussey Uh, I don't have a good feeling about that situation Uh, I don't think it bodes well for Florida State um, that that decision was delayed. Um, the fact that it was delayed, I think, is a problem. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't get my hopes up with him. I've in- instead turned my attention to the Virginia kid, in the I portal. Yep. Um, and you got to find out if you get that kid. By the way, if you don't get that kid, once again, I mean, I'm a broken record on this. You're going to have to talk about some coaches not doing their job. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it looked really good for both for a long time here, and um, now we just don't know. Uh, I'm still going to be really pleased with a lot of the guys they did get. I know that for a fact. They got some real talent in this class that we probably should also talk about. I mean, I mentioned, obviously, Hakeem, and I congratulate all the kids who uh, got picked up yesterday and got football scholarships and the like, and, you know, I mean, that's anywhere. I mean, it's it's hard to do. They're Part of a very small percentage of people that ever get that opportunity. So, congrats to the kids, uh, in particular the ones that chose Florida State. Though, obviously, we get excited about, it. and um, I think beyond uh, Hakeem Williams, you know, I mentioned Lucas Simmons in state. That was a huge signing, uh, and I think he's going to be a great football player. Uh, you and I both love Blake Nicholson. I've talked about that a lot. He's a linebacker. First of all, we've not done a great job in recruiting, you know, linebackers in the past, and so now you got a guy that I think has massive upside. The Samson kid's interesting. Um, obviously, I also like to do what we all do in recruiting. If you're not following it year-round, and I don't, um, then what you do is you click on a kid's name to find out who you had to beat out <laughs> to get him, right? You know, you're like, uh, all right, well, did we beat, uh, you know, William and Mary, or did we beat Alabama? You know, <laughs> So it gives you an idea of the yeah. assessment of his play. And that kid in particular – um, was wanted by a lot of the big-name schools. So that's a huge get as well. That tells you that a lot of people think he's a huge difference maker. And if you're talking about a defensive lineman, Tom, that's good news. I think that if we're going to highlight areas between the transfer portal and the recruiting class itself and say what where do they shine, where is it that they seem to have acumen, They do a great job. It's no secret on the offensive and defensive lines right now, the offensive line in particular, but they do. They do a good job there. Lines of scrimmage are important. I'm glad we're good at it. Got to get a whole lot better in the defensive backfield and development and in uh, recruiting in general. So we'll see.
2: Linebacker and defensive back are the two glaring needs right now. And, you know, the question is when you're assessing – Uh, aptitude of a coach in recruiting. There's a lot of moving parts. We described some of it, which is winning on the field and proving that you can do it at your current institution. Just because you want somewhere else doesn't mean you're going to win where you're currently employed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's hard to also parse when you win in the portal how that relationship was formed because you're already, it's like, um, I use another car analogy, but you were told, you used to work at a a Volvo dealership, right? you Many
1: moons ago for about a week.
2: All right. Well, in that week's time, didn't they tell you if somebody's here, they want to buy a Volvo like this. There is a lot of brand loyalty there. If yeah, they're here, yeah. They're not I, here to just look.
1: That is correct. I got suckered in by a guy who was a worker for a Volvo dealership. And he used to tell me every day, hey, man, you should come work with me at the Volvo dealership. And I said, "What? I don't want to sell cars ever. And he said, no, no, no. God, it's free money. And I, I was like, what do you mean? He goes, Volvo sell themselves. Like, it's like a modern, well, these days you'd say Subarus, right? But I mean, it's like people are really loyal to certain brands and they have great reputations within that group of uh, longevity or safety or whatever it might be. And he's like, you don't have to sell anything. If the guy pulls up or the woman pulls up on this lot, they're here to buy a Volvo, Jeff, just walk out there and say hello. And I was like, I'll try that. And I thought to myself, after one week of standing on blacktop in a suit in the summer in Florida, this is the dumbest shit I've ever done in my life. And so I walked away. Yeah, that was.
2: You know, I had a moment of panic that we were on the air on the radio and because I see the logo. And I guess I don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm, But you're right. Most times in that case, it's an overgeneralization. But a lot of times you'll have a Volvo pull up, you know, somebody pull up in the car that you're selling them. And you're like, oh, okay, this is is what it's going to be. So why do I bring that analogy up? Because in the portal, in the portal, uh, a kid is there for a reason. You know, the kid is telling you that they want to go somewhere else. They're, they're unhappy where they're at. They want to go somewhere else. And they need opportunity to play. So as you're a really good football, or sorry, a not a good football program, you could sell that opportunity to play to a lot of kids. It's easier. It's easier. It's actually better off. You're better off being worse or middling than you are elite if you're trying to get a kid who really needs to put some film out there. So I I do think when you're assessing the aptitude of a coach and how good of a recruiter are they, I think it's a lot tougher to recruit a high school kid than it is a portal kid. So to me, when you close on high school kids, you get more credit than you do when you close on portal kids. Mm -hmm. And that's where Alex Atkins has just been a, a stud. Yeah, we're getting portal dudes with Atkins, but you get a five-star, borderline five-star tackle this year. You got one last year in addition to four or five other guys. I know Antavius Woody has moved to the defensive line, but in the last two recruiting classes, you group those together with the blue-chip talent that with no proof of concept was closed, the deal was closed. Alex Atkins has been phenomenal for Florida State in filling up the ranks in the short term and also in the long term.
1: Yeah and and you've got to find people who can do that if you don't have them currently on your roster because Mike can take care of the portal that part's proven but we do need some guys that can take care of the high schools and it's in particular on the defensive side of the ball we need some coaches that can sign these kids in the state that are elite level defenders and I'm not seeing it to a satisfactory level right now and that's frustrating because some of the guys on that staff I like a lot and 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 I think have you know plenty of football acumen obviously um, but there's just so much more to the job, man. I mean, you got that's the hard part. It's not just whether or not you can go to the whiteboard and tell me about every concept under the sun and get kids to understand what you know. Uh, you got to be able to get the talent too. That's the gig in college. It's not in the pros and the pros. You got a guy, he's under contract, and now we're going to do X's and O's all day. That's what we're going to do. Um, but whereas in college, that's why I say if I were a college coach, yeah, and I was young and well thought of, and uh, was you know building towards something of uh, of an opportunity, both as a head coach maybe in college or as a coordinator in the NFL. All things being equal. I think I'd take it on to the league, Tom. is uh, recruiting year round is that that's tough. That's you know that 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 would be really annoying and you don't have to do it in the NFL.
2: Oh, you can see how annoying it is. talking to the coaches yesterday, you know, um, Adam Fuller, I interviewed him and, and coach Woodson one on one or in or in small groups. And, and Fuller said, uh, typically on a day like today, in the past, you'd have a sigh of relief. You'd gather yourself, and then you go attack the next class. There is none. There is none. You're still recruiting this current class. You still have more guys that you want to add for 2023, and you don't even know half the names that are going to be in the portal yet come springtime because there are going to be position battles that are won and lost in spring camp, or kids realize they don't like it where they are. They complete their grad- or their undergraduate degree, and so you've got another wave. And that's for this year's class. Uh, Mike Norvell said it yesterday too. That the spreadsheet is massive when you're trying to go through all the problems that you could uh, that could come up and present themselves, but then all the solutions that potentially are out there. And that's where just to get back on the ground and talk about the details at present, safety specifically is a position of immediate need because in talking to Coach Woodson yesterday, the video is online right here at WarChant TV. He said, we're going to be without multiple safeties next year. Now, could he be talking about the fact that, you know, Sidney Williams and McClellan and uh, one of the two of Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent are gone? Sure. But I took that personally to mean that we're looking at maybe Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent not coming back. And if that's the case and Shaheem Brown is the only true and proven safety that you have on the roster, the Fentrell Cypress kid and or a kid like Conrad Hussey, who is a, a blue chipper at a high school, these are must-haves. These are well, not nice-to-haves. These are must-haves.
1: So the Cypress kid, who, by the way, Tom, I'll have you know, just uh, a throwback joke from the past, is from lovely Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, one of the few places in South Carolina where I would say that about. And they do have coffee in Rock Hill. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> In, in contiguous South Carolina, because
2: uh, Hilton Head Island is not co- connected to the, the mm. regular contiguous South Carolina, yeah. which but, has one town.
1: Yeah, one. so to, to our point, uh, he would be a, a real good get. He also plays a position uh, that is coached by a certain man that I don't have a lot of faith in. So we'll see if we get him. Uh, we're at, I don't know how many times we're going to have to say it, but if we don't. What is it you say you do here, sir? Um, <laughs> I mean, what is it you say you do here? So,
2: it sounds like you're solving for the future, right? Then and there, I love I, I, you're yeah. talking about That's this.
1: A very important answer we're going to get back from this young man, Ventrell. Please consider that there may be somebody's work, and uh, in, in future career, in your palm of your hand. Here, <laughs> we, we need to get. A, I mean, I uh, got to get him. Well, and then also,
2: look, Mike Norvell is an excellent recruiter, but he can't be on the ground. And if you're trying to fortify these relationships organically, you need your assistants to be real extensions of what you are. And I see Malik Prince has put in the chat, if Atkins leaves, we're screwed. No other ace recruiters on staff. You do need to be thinking about the eventual future and solve for that eventual
1: future. I'm solving for it right now. I've said it a million times over. I've got a couple guys that I'm solving right now. When Atkins is gone, who is going to be your ace in the hole? And
2: it's okay, as the New York Mets have proven, to have multiple aces on a staff at one time. It's okay.
1: You can do it. Short of that billionaire that's going to take over recruiting for Florida State uh, (laughs) that has now made the Mets uh, the the, the scumbags of baseball. Uh, (laughs) I know it's happened.
2: I know. I get it. I'm not going to complain about it.
1: No, you can't. I mean, every you know, if it's your owner, that is the uh, scourge of baseball. You love him, but if he's anybody else's owner, he can go to hell. Uh, Joe writes, "Merry Christmas, gentlemen. Happy and healthy New Year. Thank you, Joe. Uh, same to you. Same to you. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I. There's no doubt." That when you are assessing your program, there's a lot of pluses right now. If you're Mike Norvell, you've got to feel very good about what was just accomplished. But it is an exhausting job. It's why you're paid handsomely, because you don't have time to revel in it very long. You've got to continue to climb, and you've got to continue to get better, and you've got to be very, very honest about How is it we're going to take the next step? We've taken this step, but we've got to take another step. And if there are guys prohibiting you from doing that, then you got to get rid of them. It's just a really simple thing, man. And and right now the evidence is good that they don't have an elite staff when it comes to recruiting. So he will have to assess why that is and what he can do about that. There's just That's his job. He's the head man. It all comes back to him, and he'll have to make that assessment. Again, I've always been very careful about this. Well, I wasn't always. My younger years, maybe I was just a carpet bomb kind of guy. I just like fire them all. But now I I understand that you can't fire a guy unless you know you have somebody better to replace him with. So, you know, a lot of this is going to depend on Who's available? Who can you reach out to that you know for certain is going to do a better job than whatever guy you're trying to replace? Well,
2: yeah, and I would say, and I don't want to give away the whole post of the Premium Recruiting Board, which you can go to Warchant.com and subscribe for
1: 10 bucks through August
2: 31st of next year. That's an incredible value. Um, Michael Langston was going through the the back and forth on Conrad Hussey, and, which is just a great name, you Hussey. Um <laughs> And and the developments that were happening into yesterday and late last night and, and the gist of what is being recruited or pointed against Florida State uh, is that there's a track record of, of non-development with guys in the secondary. That is something that Michael wrote on the premium recruiting board as a tactic that's being deployed against Florida State in terms of recruiting. Yes. They don't develop defensive backs at Florida State. Yeah. I would say that's arguable because they don't develop the guys you think that should be developed, but then there are these other guys that come out of left field, and they get way better, and you're like, oh, how the hell did that happen? Renardo Green being a good example of that. Akeem Dent finally finding a home, as inconsistent as he may be. He didn't he, get better. He got – I think he his best – in the last two years is better than anything by leaps and bounds that he was the first three years that he was, I,
1: I, I would argue we did not get out of him and that athleticism, what we should have. He hasn't had he, yes, is he better. I'll agree with you. He's better, but he's, I, he, I don't think you saw something that could point to great coaching.
2: I think beyond Renardo green, uh, Greedy Vance got a hell of a lot better as the season went along this year. He was on the wrong end of that. Wake Forest should have been an interception by the end of the year. He's one of your more reliable corners. on Jones, oddly enough, didn't expect that before the season started. But by year's end, I'd rather have him on the field than maybe to Ryan. Home. Ryan called it before you said it. It was great. Well, because Ryan's got uh, he has a penchant for on Jones specifically. Anytime yeah. that name comes up, he can't help himself. It's kind of like mentioning softball. And that's OK. That's his thing. But that guy did get better under the coaching, the current coaching staff. So I think it's a little bit debatable, but that it's being used against you is not debatable. That is not debatable. Well,
1: that guy's not recruiting well at all. He's being used as an example of why you shouldn't go to Florida State. That tells you pretty much what you need to know. And I don't think we you certainly don't believe that he's a uniquely gifted instructor. So uh, this this should be
2: correct. I do not believe he's uniquely gifted, but I do believe that if we're going to talk about the circumstances for one coach or another coach about Florida State has been a tough sell for the last few years, then you got to apply that to all of the coaches, that Florida State has been a tough sell, and now it's finally not a tough sell.
1: Yeah, but I think in this case, that's true for all coaches. You're right. It's applicable to everybody if it's applicable to one, but then you go and you dive a little deeper, and that's where you're getting into this stuff about what what else are you encountering beyond the fact that we haven't won games until this year. And with one guy specifically, you're encountering a whole lot of negativity, and he's used as the target to win kids over. Well, you can't have that on your staff. I you, you, you mean, that, that's that's a toughie. Frank, uh, I, was, I was surprised
2: to read that because I know what we t- that you bring it up and we talk about it, but I was surprised to read it on the PRB, that that's the specific tactic that's being used against Florida State. And if kids believe it, then you've got a real problem on your hands. you got a mm-hmm. real problem on
1: Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, A lot of good football coaches out there. A lot of really good football coaches. You've got your options now that you have stability. That's the really, that's the through line of today's discussion is that I think it will be better because you're winning on the field. I think it'll be better because I think you've now been told unequivocally that you've got a bit of a problem on your hands and you're going to have to figure out what that is. I also think that in addition to shining a light on that issue and understanding it and having the stability that I just mentioned, you've got a great collective that's con- gone to war with you. Roster attention was uh, you know, second to none here. They did a great job. Portal success has been elite. We're just talking about checking the boxes, man. There are other boxes to check, but it's not as if things aren't progressing in, a, in the positive way. They are. Things are moving in the right direction. It's not a disaster of a class. It's not an elite class. So, okay, let's, let's, now let's start to edge towards making things elite across the board because that's your ultimate goal. That's his goal. That's what everybody wants. And you do have a collective that's willing to help you to that end. And uh, I just think you got to have guys finish the job. Recruiting's about finishing. We know that. There's some guys that have done a good job on this staff of finishing the job. Others have not so much, and they've had the rug pulled out from under them.
2: Uh, you know, some of these conversations when you're talking about jobs and livelihoods, they do get a little uncomfortable. But yeah. I will say for the first time in several Christmases, I'm going to be having a Christmas meal, not thinking about what a disaster our football program is. And when do the Bucks play next? Because that's what I was thinking. I mean, look, we're covering this team. We love this team. We are of the university. We are alum. Mm-hmm. I give a damn about Florida State, but it's been hard. It's been hard to look at them and feel anything other than stress when thinking about uh, the football program, these last few holiday seasons. And this is the first time in forever, in forever, because you could argue, and you did back in the day, that that 2016 year where they went and they played in the Orange Bowl against Michigan still didn't have that satisfying, you know, warm, fuzzy feeling.
1: No, I thought we were well on our way down. It finally does.
2: It finally does. You know, I know Thanksgiving is the season to reflect, but for this Christmas meal
1: on on Sunday, I'm going to say, well,
2: damn, man. We're playing football on Thursday and I can't wait to watch us play.
1: Yeah, and that is the thing you got to remind yourself that when you're having these discussions, I feel like it's a little bit like the 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 you know, brothers at a at a bar having having drinks together, arguing amongst each other about problems within the family. Like we can all say things to each other that you would never let somebody else say. But it's a very different tenor when you're having that discussion. If things in the family are for the most part going well, you know, dad's not off his rocker. Mom's not riddled with cancer. We're not dealing with a foreclosure on the house. Nobody wrecked their car this holiday season. You know, it's an easier discussion to have, but it's a frank and honest discussion, but comes from a place of overall positivity. And I think that's where we're at with Florida State. It's like, Finally, we can have discussions about what we need to do next, what has to improve, because we all agree that things are so much better than they were and moving in the right direction. So, how best to expedite the process? Who can we identify that is perhaps not pulling their weight? Is there something that can be done about that beyond firing them? I don't know. He has to decide that. Um so, you know, that, that's We'll see what happens as soon as they put together another good season. I think we, as we sit here right now wrapping things up, I think you and I both believe they're going to be very good next year. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to watch this offense. A little concerned about what the defense will be. Still have a couple of guys we're waiting on, and that includes guys on your own roster. Uh, if Jared Verse is coming back, that's a very different-looking defense than if he's not. If Fabian Lovett's coming back, that's a different-looking defense than if he's not. So we're waiting on some of that stuff. Uh, but right now, we know Florida State's offense alone is good enough to win eight games next year. So we're talking about the floor having been raised significantly.
2: One of the uh, cliches or, or signs that you often see in Christmas time is ho, ho, ho. Well, this is one of my favorite comments from Ryan in some time, which in is a
1: curfew and ban him from pop bellies. <laughs> uh, that is his suggestion
2: for a replacement. I will allow the chat to sort out the reference and what that means. It's a wonderful, yeah. But give Ho Par Ho a curfew and ban it from pop bellies. Uh, that dude could coach a little bit. Uh, his time was short here, and uh, the story around his departure was uh, an all timer, an absolute all timer. There were a
1: lot of stories surrounding him that were all timers. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them.
2: The one that's repeatable, probably, uh, that'll put some Christmas cheer and holiday cheer in your face, folks, is uh, when he left the nature by which he left, which was essentially in the dead of night and how the news was delivered to Jimbo. Uh, would you care to tell that story as you know it? or? or
1: <laughs> well, no. <I'm> not. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, I, they, I will always say this. I, I always laugh when I hear people talk about, I never had the good fortune to go into his office, by the way, meaning Pruitt's. But you've heard the oh, stories of how the office, uh, how the office looked right now. Now it's out there. Yes,
2: I did. Yes, I did. And and that is also that speaks to a, a, an attention to detail that sometimes he's not given credit for. But my man had attention to detail when it, when it was time.
1: Yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, just thinking about that office with papers everywhere, but him understanding exactly what's what and why. And it, there's a madness. And you and I can relate to that because we're not exactly, you know, you know clean freaks. But,
2: but this guy, so uh, uh, allegedly, but we believe it to be absolutely true because of the source that we had. Um he would have papers strewn across the carpeting of the floor and yes. the walls, and then he had a, a, a huge bookcase with binders for from every game he'd ever called in high school or yes. college or anywhere, anywhere. So he had this encyclopedia, and then there were open spots on the floor. It's almost like missing tiles on a kitchen floor that didn't have paper on them, and that's where you walked. And those are the only places you walked anywhere
0: else. There was
2: information. So it, it looked like um, a poorly constructed criminal board that you see in the wire or, or Charlie from It's yeah. Always Sunny. You know,
1: he has the background. <laughs> yeah. 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 He We one day when I don't know, I, I, we, we don't have time now. We'll get into some stories with him that are a little bit more juicy than that. But what? there's some <laughs> there's some there's some good ones, The, the really good ones. Uh, I should say this. First of all, I want to thank my friends at ISF. ISF, this is their day where we partner certainly with them and solve for the future. This whole hour was brought to you by ISF. I mean, we've been doing a lot of solving for the future without question. In fact, I'm really excited. I'm going to see my man, Jonathan, um, the, the the expert at ISF and a friend of mine, partner uh, tomorrow, in fact. So I'm looking forward to that. that that'll be a nice uh, time. And we're off tomorrow so that everybody knows. And uh, we also want to thank all of you. I want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate. Certainly we wish you well with that. And uh, also thank my friends at Orange Theory and uh, Gordo's and Tallulah and my West friends Derby. at 93.3. We're, we got everybody out here. So Merry Christmas to all of you. It's a good time right now. The Guardian Ad Litem is still taking donations. If you want to help out in that way, help kids that uh, might not otherwise have a good Christmas, at least not gift-wise, go to gal2.org slash donate. It's the number two, gal2.org slash donate if you want to do that. And I thank you in advance if you do. We really appreciate it. And they are forever grateful and so am I. Um, We've made a real difference over the years uh, because of your kindness and benevolence and and, and willingness uh, to help out in that regard. That's awesome and I appreciate it. Uh, and then uh, what else? Oh, the schedule. So we will be, I will be in Orlando. Tom will be in Orlando on the Wednesday before the game. The game's on a Thursday. Our friends from the Battles End will be there as well. We will be at the Harry Buffalo. It is the block party for Knowles everywhere. That's 129 West Church Street. Live acoustic mu- uh, music from uh, Jake Owen and Tyler Reeve and Cole Taylor. Uh, and then a whole bunch of, you nobles, know, former players and people like that. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a good time. It will uh, be. Uh, I'm sure well, the drinks will be flowing freely and everybody will have a good time.
2: They will be. It's a uh, well done on the part of the battles end, who is uh, making a splash, not just in, in the realm of retention with the roster. You might be hearing some more things from the battles end, but then also throwing a free block party and footing the bill for some, some acts for you. So uh, it all starts at one o'clock on Wednesday with us. We do a little war chant, meet and greet action after the show is over at three. And then the battles end does what they do starting at four. But uh, this is all in conjunction. It, it's uh it's nice to be on one smooth plane uh, for a day of celebration. Cause that's what it's going to be. If you make it to the bowl game, especially one, that's not a playoff game. You're there to celebrate. You're there to be around other knolls and you're there in this case to celebrate a very, very successful season. So, uh, we can't wait to see you all out there next Wednesday,
1: Robert. I see your comment in the chat, and I don't. I appreciate the the coaching on places that we can go while we're in Orlando. But how do you say Orlando other than Orlando? How, he's no. saying, and Orlando. how to pronounce Orlando? How else do you pronounce Orlando?
2: Orlando. I don't know. Orlando.
1: That's how you say you Orlando. Say in
2: the past it might sound like
1: Orlando because you're just moving along, but yeah. maybe, yeah. Um, I'm just not there enough to care about Orlando, but I, 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 will be there next week, and we'll have a blast. It's going to be fun. Good time. There's, there's an extra treat for you that are listening via the podcast
2: right now. Don't go away. A familiar musical song will.
1: Oh, make. right, we did it. That's right, we did. Mario, I saw you on there. Uh, Tom and I are not playing golf today, although I wish we were. Um, this is live. What? <laughs> yeah, this is this is absolutely live. Um, but I I also caught the joke. Days are getting longer. Yesterday was the shortest day of the year. The winter solstice has begun and it's uh, or happened and and my wife was in almost nearly in tears. She was so happy. Every day from this point further gets longer. Mm-hmm. Until it doesn't. Yeah. Well, you know, until it doesn't. Until the next time that she's going, no.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Sun stays July, out longer now. Yeah. It'll July twenty-one, June twenty-one. Yeah. Oh, yeah June. It'll be good. Uh, all right. So Merry Christmas, everybody. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks for joining us with a little pod today. We enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you. When do we we come back, Tom? Well, that's you know, when you were just saying the schedule, I was very
2: curious to hear what the return date was. I don't know when it is. Is it Wednesday when we're in Orlando? Well, Wednesday is when we're in Orlando, and then beyond that, I know you've got a birthday to celebrate on Monday, uh, a big one, right? Yeah, Not that's my
1: wife's, my wife's birthday, yes. That's, that's, that's a
2: larger event than your birthday. It's the yes. more
1: important birthday, yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Yes, my wife was born on the 26th of December. Mm-hmm. f and brutal. <laughs> brutal. I mean, well, it's, more, it's more brutal on her. She, got, she gets the one and a half gifts. She never got two separate gifts. No, and she made that abundantly clear that it devastated her when she was young and we were dating, so now I have to go over the top. With the you know birthday present, just so she doesn't ever feel like she's being cheated.
2: <laughs> well, I think that's the right thing, and you know what? That says you're in a healthy relationship that he's she's willing to communicate that to you very clearly. So that's good, and good that you. Yes. Yeah.
1: No, I wish I wish her birthday wasn't on the 26th, but it is. So uh, we do it up, and I always come through because I'm a fantastic husband. <laughs> so that's. <laughs> no, let me guess. She's getting Delta Eight, Delta Nine. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Here, babe, float away on your birthday. (laughs) Just pop a couple of these. Um, I'll do the work around the house. Oh, man. So I guess our first day back, I mean, we'll hop on and maybe do a pod together like this again before Orlando, probably. I mean, I'm game. All right. Well, then just be waiting for announcements. I don't know. Tom will tell you. (laughs) He'll put it up there.
2: I'm not making this decision. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's what's going on.
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Bye, everybody. Happy holidays. Be well. Good Noles. Peace.
0: Christmas is a time to say I love you.